Hallo und herzlich willkommen bei Film, dem Podcast der Viennale. Mein Name ist Patrick Holzapfel und ich äh, sitze hier erneut mit einer Kuratorin der Retrospektive Film as a Subversive Art 2021, a tribute to Amos Vogel. Um, and again, I will switch to English immediately to say uh, hi to Kim Knowles. Hi, Kim. Hi there. <laughs> hi. Nice uh, to have you here. Uh, as with all the other guests so far, we are pre-recording these podcasts. That means you are not in Vienna, but you will be, right? I will be next yes. week. Yeah. So it's my first uh, trip out of the UK since uh, obviously before the pandemic. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's great. That's great. Maybe to get to, to know you a bit, you can tell us a bit about what you do uh, when you don't do programs for the Viennale and the Austrian Film Museum. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm an academic. Uh, I work at Aberystwyth University on the west coast of Wales. And um, I teach film studies, mostly uh, experimental film or um, alternative film, whatever term we, we choose to, to describe it. And um, I've been uh, also curating the experimental strand of the Edinburgh International Film Festival uh, for about 15 years. Um, so yeah, those, those two activities really overlap and inform each other to the extent that I can't really imagine one without the other. Mm, I can I can see that, and you also uh, published or wrote wrote books, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So my first book is uh, called "A Cinematic Artist: The Films of Man Ray." Um, it's about the four films and various home movies and uh, essays that uh, Man Ray made, uh, mostly during the nineteen twenties, but also thirties and forties. And um, I situate his work within the context of um, Dada and, and surrealism, and also his um, work in painting and photography and sculpture. And my most recent book is called Experimental Film and Photochemical Practices, uh, which looks at the communities and aesthetics of 16 millimeter filmmaking in the, in the digital era. Yeah, and I remember that you showed also Man Ray films in Vienna, right? That was a couple that's of right. years ago. Yeah, I, I was there in the, yeah, it was very nice. nice oh, that's movie. nice. <laughs> I want to first maybe give a short overview about your uh, program titled Subversive Bodies. So it, it's, uh, it consists of three sub-programs called, one, the first is called Performing Subversion, the second Quality Control and the third Non-Human Bodies. And um, I want to begin maybe with a bit a general question that is related to the term bodies that is, I think, at the core of your idea about uh, this, this program. So maybe you can tell us a bit how a body can be subversive and what that means or how you, for what you searched in your program to, to show that. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been interested in, in bodies from various different perspectives um, in both my academic work and my curating for, for a number of years now. And I've, um, I've looked at the, the performing body um, 
but then also um, the body of the film itself. So a lot of the, the work that I've done in, in the past few years has been about thinking about the materiality and the, the physicality of film and the way that filmmakers um, intervene through their own bodies on the, um, the surface of the, the film strip, the body of the, the film material. I didn't want to put too much emphasis on that in the programme, although it's there. Um, in many of the films that um, work with the 16 millimeter medium. But I'm, I'm also increasingly interested in um, the way that we think about non-human bodies. Um, so the way that our own bodies interact uh, with the bodies of, of, of animals, um, the, the, you know, the world outside. Um, so my, my interest in, in bodies is really very, very broad. It has to do with um, non-conforming bodies, um, non-normative bodies. So that is um, in relation to, to sexuality, uh, queer bodies, bodies that don't fit, bodies that don't look the way that they should um, in terms of you know, normative uh rules of, of society, the bodies that, that don't behave in uh, the way that um, conventional society would have them behave. And um, it's really about opening up different perspectives on um, you know, what the body is and how the body can, can react against um, society and the quite constraining um, rules of, of behaviour. And do you feel um, that uh, this, uh, let's say, this uh, image of the body is represented in cinema? I mean, because we all know, I think, that cinema is basically, a, there's a lot of beauty in cinema. <laughs> I mean, uh, the beauty, the kind of beauty that is normative beauty, like there's this one, there's this, uh, an image that is to be expected of an actress, an actor, and so on. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I wonder how you translate your thoughts you just uh, had towards society and bodies to cinema and bodies. Yeah, the, I mean, I'm interested in Vogel's um, questioning of cinema as a, as a form of, of entertainment. And um, so it's, yes, it's for me, it's to do with reacting against the traditional notion of, um, of beauty, but it's also reacting against the... the The way that we tie bodies to narratives, to to stories, um, you know, I think for for some people, the idea that a film can contain a body that isn't involved in telling a story is, you know, is is something quite unusual. Whereas, um, you know, bodies can be explored very effectively outside of um, of, of narrative. Structures and I, and I think that there's um, you know there's really a, a lot of scope outside of um, mainstream cinema for for really thinking about what bodies do and how bodies express and um, yeah we we're really tied in in commercial cinema to to thinking about bodies in in quite limited ways and that's even after you know decades of feminism and queer theory and the questioning of those structures. 
you know, Laura Mulvey wrote her um, Visual Pleasure of Narrative Cinema in 1976, and I don't feel that we've come an awful long way since then in terms of the way that bodies are traditionally portrayed in, in the cinema. And I think one of the ways out of um, normative representations is to break free from, from narrative, um, break free from the, those traditional ways of, of, of tying the body to, to stories. Maybe you can tell us a bit about uh, these ideas you just uh, explained to us uh, with an example of one of your films you, you programmed, for example, with Blua by Carolina Carey Quintero and, and how did those thoughts, those ideas translate into, into a film? Yeah, I think this is, um, you know, for me, it's a, it's a film that I've been quite fascinated by for, for a few years since I... Um, I programmed it at the Edinburgh Film Festival. It's, for me, it's a really um, radical positioning of the, the, the human body in relation to the to non-human non body. It asks us to take these sort of imaginative uh, leaps into rethinking our um our relationship with 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 animals and um asks us to see them differently so it's asking us not just to take up a different position um in relation to those animal bodies but to you know imagine our our own bodies uh differently there's this fantastic moment in that film where um a woman is seen speaking to a dog um, and, you know, it's only revealed to us after a few seconds that she's having a, a conversation with a dog and she says something really quite curious to me um, about the dog. She reminds the dog of when the dog was in her belly. And of course, you know, it's absurd. It's it's kind of verging on, on surrealist to, to imagine that that, that that could actually be the case. And so therefore it's, it's, it's trying to get us to imagine a different kind of... Um, a different possible understanding of how we um, we might think of animals and our our own bodies in relation to the the bodies of animals. I mean, obviously, it's not possible for her to have given birth to a dog. But what if what if we were to think of animals in that way that they you know they we we can inhabit them and they can inhabit us. And so it's asking us to you know move beyond the constraints of of language and what is actually physically possible. Um, to you know, go beyond and um, and restructure our um, our thoughts. I think it um, it takes those risks in terms of um, in terms of realism and representation, um, and asks us to, to to bounce off these these metaphors and these um, fantastical possibilities to give a sort of you know imaginative um, a little bit of imaginative playfulness. To, to those relationships, and um, you 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 wrote in the in the program notes you you mentioned this term vegan cinema uh, labeled by by Annette Pick. Except maybe you can tell us your approach to to that term and what it means to you. I think this is a really fascinating term. Um, that's essentially, I mean, in in many ways, it it, it kind of um, describes my approach to 
to cinema and my interest in experimental cinema and it's something that I think Vogel was um, was was also very concerned with, which is using cinema to open up a different way of, of seeing the world. And so Pick, through this term, vegan cinema, describes a form of, of looking that isn't um, an act of consumption, but a more ethical being with. So it's um, about... Um, approaching uh, letting images be uh, and looking at the world not from a, a, a perspective of um, consuming or owning or fixing um, the image or controlling the image but really allowing allowing objects as images to 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 open up something of themselves and to it, it's about thinking of images in um, thinking of our relationship to images as a, as a dialogue rather than a system of, of power, which goes back to the, the Laura Mulvey um, reference. There's a lot of synergies between Laura Mulvey's theory um, of um, the gaze in, in narrative cinema and um, Pick's interest in a, in a kind of non-devouring, um, non-objectifying gaze. So it's actually got nothing to do with veganism as a way of life or a kind of decision to eat certain foods over other foods but it's really an, an ethical stance towards the the image that I find absolutely fascinating. It reminds me a bit of uh, I think Tom Anderson uh, put that uh, and uh, called films uh, hanging out films like films where you just spend time with people or with somebody I mean it's it's related to that I think in, in some way because The, the the camera doesn't want anything specific from them it's just there with them and that brings me also to your to your second program called quality control which is which is a film by Kevin Jerome Everson um, and I think all his filmography could be labeled in my opinion at least uh, as far as I've seen it as, as vegan cinema or as hanging out films um, so uh, tell us how how What role bodies play in his 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 film that you chose, and um, maybe also in relation to choreography, because that I find interesting. Yeah, in that sense, there's quite a nice um, synergy between quality control and um, and the other program, um, which is um, it contains uh, choreographed um, performing bodies. I mean, it's um, there's a nice way of thinking about vegan cinema that that has to do with this observational mode of documentary filmmaking and I feel like the observational mode is quite as you say it's the sort of um, hanging out letting things be um, letting letting the camera enter into um, a dialogue with with the object that isn't about sort of fixing or controlling or um, it takes away that that voyeuristic aspect um, of cinematic representation so the the bodies in in quality control um, you know they're not um, as I said earlier on they're not tied to a particular narrative or if they are it's a it's a narrative of of the everyday um, and I think Everson is 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 really interested in um, assemb assemblages so the the way that humans interact with other bodies, the way that daily work is a is a kind of choreography of of different material 
interactions and here the body isn't kind of you know it's not it's not performing for camera um it's not it's not trying to be anything other than um the work that it's it's carrying out and so i think this is a um a really nice demonstration of this idea of yeah of a vegan cinema it allows us to see something in cinema that is usually deemed uh too uninteresting to be the subject of a film you know this is this is everyday work this is um you know this is a kind of um social milieu that that wouldn't ordinarily be given that that um that concentration um of the of the camera and so i think it's it sets up quite a an interesting ethical position it asks us to to think about what what cinema is and you know who is it for um and it's a it, it's a, a kind of filmmaking that is about drawing out this the the significance and the um and the po- the politics of of the everyday, and I think that's where the 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 body becomes quite interesting in that in that respect, freed from this um, obligation to tell stories. One thing that I I I think I only found in in your program, especially in the first performing subversion, is the a certain focus on humor, which I find very interesting because of course I mean it's it's quite. I mean, humor and subversion go very well together, I think. Um, but uh, in cinema, it's not very often done because, yeah, I don't know. Subversion is something very serious in cinema, very often, I feel. So maybe um, I also would like to know if you find humor in, in Amos Fogel's selections or in his writing or how, how would you... How would you describe this relation between humor and subversion? And maybe uh, if you want to, you can also talk about uh, how it how it shows in, in certain films you, you programmed. I, I think um, I think humor is something that we forget is a is a, a key part of um, experimental film. And um, and, you know, the development of experimental film Historically, I mean, if we if we go back to the the films of the Dada uh, artists like Man Ray and Marcel Duchamp and René Clair, uh, Fenon Léger, I mean, humor was was kind of at, at the heart of of those films. I mean, Man Ray was, I mean, not so much of his work was a was about humor and um, the the subversive potential of humor you know he was always treading that line between a kind of seriousness uh, of subversion and then this quite playful and and radical spirit that that he had um and it's something that i i always try and and communicate to my students um at the at the start of my classes on experimental film is that experimental cinema has these associations with a very dry, um, very serious political, um, esoteric kind of expression that's only for the sort of educated few. And it's and it's simply not the case. And um, I think once we once we break through that uh, with the students, then they really like settle into it and and start to have fun with it. One of the things that um, Vogel says about film is that you know he's always looking for um something that that surprises us he's looking for for um 
for film to do something that hasn't done before. I mean, of course, you know, we, we can't have pure originality in, it, in, in every film that we, that we come to, but it's always been um, my criteria for selecting films for the Edinburgh Film Festival is that I want to be surprised in, this, in the same way as Vogel. I want, I want um, to see something that takes me to a, a new place each time and often that happens through through humor and I think that's um, you know Vogel is interested in in film form he's interested in um, unpredictability and um, ambiguity and surprise and spontaneity but he's also interested in he's looking for something that um, that surprises us through 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 humor and you know often that's that that can be the the way into a film you know surprise can um be serious but it it can also be humorous and i think quite you know if you look at the um the films in his um selection in film as a subversive art many of them have um a lot of investment in in humor in you know taking subversion to that playful extreme you know sometimes it it can be in um quite an excessive um or you know sometimes explicit manner but there's an element of humor runs um runs through those films of course but it's always balanced with a um a, a, a very um serious counterpoint isn't it I mean we we see um experimental film tendencies like structural film as being quite dry um and quite quite serious but then um you know there, there are aspects of um of structural filmmaking that that also play with humor I mean Michael Snow is is uh is a key example in that respect or, or Joyce Wheeland um, you know, we we don't we don't have to look very far to find those humorous elements in those those key tendencies. Yeah, yeah always because also this year we are showing the new film of of Jack Husky here because I think his shot reverse shot is one of the most funny films I know. So yeah. um, just to give an Austrian example, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <quite. laughs> um, no, that's great. Um, so maybe as a last question, um, I would like to know you also, you talked a bit about Amos Vogel already. So maybe you can tell us how, how, how you got to know his work, uh, if it was always there for you or if it was, uh, yeah, just like, what was what is your relation to Amos Vogel in general and or did you just now dive into it for this retrospective? So like many um, film critics, um, many film theorists that have written about experimental uh, cinema, he's he's always been on my radar. Um, and I think historically he's a he's a really interesting person for me because of his curatorial activities um because of um the way that he went about curating film not having this particular attachment to to one genre or another i think you know for me he's always been quite inspirational um in terms of mixing documentary and scientific film and um, not really caring so much about putting similar films together. Uh, and I always try to work with that, um, 
with that approach to, to, to curating in my work with the Edinburgh Film Festival to take the spectator on a, on a journey um, and not always give them what they might be expecting. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was inspired by him quite early on actually thinking about the, the work that, um, that he was um, doing in, in um, his, his curating and the Cinema 16 and um, his writing, I think less so for me, um, but I, I love his eclectic approach um, in film as a subversive art, you know, this, uh, again, this not, not having a, a particular, um, he doesn't stick to uh, particular examples of necessarily experimental film. Um, he's quite eclectic in his taste. And, um, and I think that, that, that book is quite curious in the way that it approaches film, uh, film criticism and the, the kind of films that he um, incorporates. It's quite, it's quite confusing to navigate, but um, yeah, quite inspirational as, a, as an academic as well. So, uh, yeah, I think your program will not be as confusing to navigate, but it will be still full of surprises. So um, we are very happy to welcome you in a couple of days. And um, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks very much. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm really happy to have been invited as, as one of the curators. It's a yeah, really exciting opportunity. Great. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.